Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Don't let humans name things. Written by Intellectual Golf. Iqbar Ironshell's slime sculpture squeezes his face together in a mass of wrinkles, crinkles, and folds. Murder mittens? Ah, they're so big and adorable, but could also eviscerate you. Well, technically not Toritons, but uh, pretty much everyone else wouldn't want to play tag with the tiger. I understand the implication, I just don't understand why you have paired the word for a purposeful destruction of life with a cute term for a paw covering. Gloves are what we call people's paw coverings. Animals get boots or booties. Uh, It makes no difference to me whether you distinguish between your coat and your pets when discussing soft-skinned habits of wearing other creatures' flesh for a covering. Right, I can see how that would be disturbing to a species of sentient turtles. The good news is we stopped getting animals for fur hundreds of years ago. Now we just grow it on giant, disgustingly creepy tumors and vats. We removed all the nerves and synapses, so we are totally sure that they can't feel pain. You are a truly disturbing species. Why would you try and hide the danger of the animal in question by using cute words in its description? Well, I honestly don't know if we can help it. We are kind of hardwired to adopt things that we find cute, probably a survival mechanism that helped orphan children survive. That most likely explains why we kidnap wolves to make them into dogs, and we're so cool with cats just making themselves our house guests. So you describe something you know full well and could very well may kill you as cute, because it's hard not to... Uh, yep, just look how big the poles are. The veterinarian smiled a massive toothy smile as he lifted the sedator's tiger's paw into the air. He squeezed the paw pads and claws as long as his own finger digits slid into view. Iqbar noticed the eyelid flutter and immediately left the room. He notified security that the dangerous animal would be waking up from sedation soon, and the human guards laughed. Iqbar decided to take an early break for lunch and wondered in amazement at the pride with which he saw one of the men change the sign that read 110 days since last workplace injury to 111. End of story. Story number two. Nap time, written by My Name Means Bent Nose. Outside the box. And typical of persistence predators, they just don't stop. So, they can run. That's not what I mean. You don't understand. Barely anyone does. Fine, then you old gastropod, enlighten me. A pair of brilliant purple stalks swiveled away from the plate of inherent cubes on the bench between them, swiveled and looked into the bright green stalks that he hadn't looked away. So, they are made to function for a very long time. The old man began. Many realize the joke of humanity and their depraved attraction to whatever catches their fancy. The old jokes, of course, being that they can go all night if they want to, or all day. But it doesn't end there. 
I get that. Please advance to your point. Thing is, uh, everyone misses the point. They hear Pursuit Predator, and they think as you do, so they can run, and you are right to be skeptical of that statement. Who needs to run when you can float or fly or drive? So, uh, it's not about running. No, we're getting there. The tendril reached out and lazily absorbed one of the cubes as the elder continued speaking. It isn't that they can run, it's that they can do any task that they have their minds set on for countless hours. What's more, even at rest their minds never entirely stop working. In this way they can meet or beat the skills of those who have greater natural talent. Even when they claim to be thinking of nothing, they have seen strange ideas spring into their minds as if from nowhere. Obviously, there was still some difficult-to-observe process in motion. So, it's not like they can outlast us for thinking. You think so? A purple tendril reached out and poked the base of the green eye stalk. Don't underestimate the energy cost of thinking, young slug. It takes more from a sapient being to think out a hard problem than you realize. But these humans can do that on autopilot. Auto? I don't understand. You think all they're doing during the running is just that, running. They're also moved to think. A pacing human is a thinking human, and they spend countless hours enduring seemingly endless education. Did you know that humans do not have racial memory? Wait, but um, all the humans I know know so much. All picked up during years of listening and working and active learning. How, how could they endure such a thing? Not all of them do. A human who has engaged in some way to learn their full attention. They don't give their attention to just any old task. It can be a real commitment. But that leads to the next problem. Next problem? What happens to a race developed for constant action when they have nothing to do? The green eye stalks of the youth stared blankly. With a shake of his stripe, his own version of a sigh, he answered the question... They get bored. Bored? I've heard of that. I bet you have. What is it like, human boredom? Human boredom is the urge to do something, anything other than what they are doing at the moment. Oh, the youngster replied, his expression blank. That doesn't sound that good is bad. Boredom means that their mind is unoccupied. You never know what an odd star-spawned idea will spring forth. And it only gets worse when that boredom is enforced by events outside their control. I can't, um, I can't imagine it, the youth admitted. I understand. Any one of us have little problem waiting for extended periods of time when forced. Make a human sit still, however, and you are inviting trouble. And you are giving that trouble time to plan. The young male's eyes had shrunk ever so slightly, the subtle sign of continued disbelief. So the old slug continued. You know I was present in the rebuilding of the Shengtawauian III after the end of the Cryonic Parike War. The young male's eyes now extended in interest in an old story. I worked as an equipment operator on the first new construction drone factory in orbit around the planet, built in the new ring of the planet's shattered moon. You worked with the humans, of course. They are comparatively tireless workers, although not nearly so relentless in peacetime as they were just a few galactic degrees earlier. 
The old purple slug absorbed another of the snack cubes as he considered how to explain it. The sight of the orbit was, of course, built deep into the largest moon fragments. All workers on site were kept in an attached work camp sunk into the, one of the best sheltered surface cavities. The camp on the work site were connected by a rail at the time. That seems awkward. It was... I was so quickly learned that this project was much like many other human-led projects. Workers were arriving long before infrastructure had been built and long before appropriate materials had been delivered. I had never started a job that was not ready for me before, so it took some time to adjust. The humans, now until the last, were annoyed and unsurprised. Thus was when I began to learn of boredom. They weren't able to get to work. So, they got bored. Yes, young one. That is correct. They couldn't work, but they were trapped at work. So, they made games and found shortcuts. Some events were innocent enough. A bored group in zero gravity with a bucket attached to a tether. They would take turns trying to lob rocks into the opening of the bucket. Or... Lacking enough mag boots, two humans would hold a third while they third pulled the structure slowly into place before fastening it all together. With only work to do, they couldn't bear to be trapped in a place without something to occupy them. The green youngster's eyes began to sway with surprise as the stories continued, but the worst was Jenkins. Jenkins? He let his body flatten with relaxation so that he continued the tension that threatened to return by the memories. Yes, that was his nickname. I recall it wasn't his true name, but his human companions all stated he acts like a Jenkins. So that was his name. Strange, what was it he did? There, uh, there are many things, but only truly stands out after the fact. Recall I mentioned the lack of infrastructure and the overabundance of workers... Yeah, I was listening. Good. Anyway, one of the largest iterations was the magnetic rail to site. It wasn't a long trip, but it was the only way to get to the work site. The rail did not have the capacity to get everyone on site on scheduled times, unless everyone went perfectly, and this did not happen. A problem compounded by various pointy-haired bosses refusing to compromise on timing. This means long waits at the space woven over capacity magrail and workers getting reprimanded for being late. Can you guess what was the worst of it? It was Jenkins, of course. Why else would you mention his name? Drew. And it was all for an extra nap. He hesitated as the young green's eyes shrunk back with confusion. Indeed, Jenkins loved his sleep. You wouldn't think that a race so famed for its endurance could sleep so much. But I have seen a man full sleep for my conversation. He hated waiting for the rail more than any other, especially since if he fell asleep waiting, then it was unlikely that he would catch his ride, making him even later. So he had to arrive early and stay awake. Awake and bored. This man who so loved to sleep took the problems with the rail and personal insult, especially when I knew that he marched into his superior's offices multiple times. But you said it's an ordeal to make it into the work on time, the first place, you said. That doesn't seem fair. Yes, and that was what saved Jenkins from job termination in the first place. Although that was not what saved him in the end. What happened? What did he do? Well, 
Jenkins found a way to get to work on time without losing sleep and broke many rules at the same time. The young male's eyes were now fully extended. Jenkins did a handful of things. The first was to sabotage the locator beacon on the environmental suit. He figured out how to make it detachable so he could avoid notice when he needed to. Then, I can only assume that he bribed someone for access keys and found an unlisted access to the camp that offered him a hiding place. Hiding place? For his suit, you see, workers were expected to remove their comfortable company-supplied environment suits on the worksite and travel to Magrail to the camp in civilian garb. Jenkins, however, took to wearing his suit during the trip to avoid being late. Wouldn't that annoy someone? No, not if no one noticed. For Jenkins had rigged a safe spot on the outside of the mag rail where he would ride with his environment suit. He would do this whenever he came up or went to camp, letting him avoid wait times entirely. That, uh, that is dangerous, foolish, crazy. Yes, it was many of those things, but he couldn't handle the boredom or the inability to sleep. So when life gave him time to think, he used it all that time to find a solution. What happened when he got caught? Oh well, they didn't. They found his rig on the mag rail after very much delayed inspection. That didn't happen until the second mag rail was finally built, at which point he didn't need it anymore. Camp security looked long and hard for the person that did it, but I didn't hear until the job was over about who was responsible. Camp security didn't like it. Of course not. He broke many rules, unpermitted access to the camp, unlicensed modifications to a mag rail, and then unpermitted travel to the work site, unlicensed use of company environment suit and mag boots, unlicensed modification of stolen environment suit. He didn't use his own for the trip. I'm sure there was more rules he was breaking, but any one of those would have had him removed from his job instantly. And they never found out. How do you know? Well, the Christian management never found out, because the other humans didn't want to cooperate. One of those humans explained the whole thing to me on my trip home after the job ended. It turned out every single human knew. All of them? All of them. And none of them reported Jenkins. Not a one. But why? Because it was amusing to them. And they too were bored. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.